Welcome to the Juniper and Journey podcast with Keziah Ritter and Lindsay Heslop. We're so thrilled that you're here. This is a podcast dedicated to celebrating the strength and stories of women, good, bad, ugly, and beautiful in their own words. We believe in the power of real conversations, honest confessions, and playful nostalgia. You'll get to hear all kinds of perspectives from all kinds of women about all kinds of things. We'll talk about life and motherhood and loss and faith. We'll reminisce about the good old days, first loves, and old flames. This is going to be fun. Things might get a little rowdy, but we can guarantee that it will be meaningful, and we hope each woman's story inspires you towards empathy, compassion, and healing. Okay, let's get started. Today we are hanging out with Rachel. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Rachel and I actually go way back. Way, way, way. Long time ago now. (laughs) Um, And I'm so honored that you're sitting here with us today. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for asking me. Yeah. Exciting to do. Yeah. So we might just dive right in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, What was, I don't know, what was growing up like for you? Um, So I grew up in this whole general area my entire life. So I'm a um, Colorado native, little unicorn there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just grew up in Thornton. um, Pretty like good childhood, honestly, like nothing crazy. Um, I went to a little Lutheran school growing up. My like religious upbringing is really interesting because I went to a Lutheran school while attending a Messianic Jewish church. And then, um, yeah, then I was baptized in a Baptist church. So I always feel like that's kind of a funny part of my childhood. But I have, that is um, funny. yeah, a brother and a sister. And yeah, just a pretty like standard Christian home upbringing. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. What was the first experience you had where you were like, oh, life is can be really challenging and hard? Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that can definitely be like traced to like one big moment um because my childhood was pretty hunky-dory but um so we went to a private high school a pretty small one really close-knit um and um I had just graduated high school and was um had just started college and one of my good friends from high school Alicia um I had her over one night because just to catch up because we were really real like I said it was such a small school we were really close with kids who were like weren't in our class and stuff So she came over and spent the night and um, we were just catching up and she was like such a joy. We had like so much fun that night. Um, But uh, the next morning I was really excited to take her um, to this new church I was going to. So um, she was going to go home afterwards. So and my sister happened to be home from college, too. So my sister and I were driving together to our new church and Alicia was going to follow us. And um we were turning left on a highway and um, so I turned left and just kind of like she was going to follow me and it's just like just out of it seemed like out of nowhere <clears throat> she was T-boned by SMI and it's just one of those things that like slows down in your mind and I just like <laughs> that was like all in slow motion I remember um, one first off thinking like where the heck did that semi come from Mm. i it just like seemed to like fall out of the sky um and i just remember pulling over and running up to the car and just screaming her name trying to wake her up 
banging on the window. Um, at this point, like the semi had pulled over and cars were stopping. And I just remember people pulling me away from the car. Um, and, um, yeah, that's definitely when I realized that life was can change in an instant. Mm -hmm. Um, So you were in front of her. I was in front of her, yeah. And so you watched this all in my rear view mirror, yeah. Um, it's so interesting to go back to that day and just like kind of rehash all the thoughts that happened. I remember getting frustrated with myself that I couldn't get to her car fast enough. I was like, why am I so out of shape? <laughs> <laughs> just like sprinting just to like the, the car. Facts you go yeah, yeah, just like really weird things. Um, yeah, I, and then calling her mom, like, right as soon as it happened, because, again, like, people had pulled me away from the car. Um, and calling her mom, and it's like, this is, like, the worst phone call to make. Yeah, there's, like, really, like, there's things that really stick out and things that, mm. like, are kind of blurry. Like, I don't re really remember her parents showing up, which, I mean, of course they did. But I remember, like, the victim's advocate showing up and telling me to drink lots of water <laughs> Hmm. Just like really like bizarre things. And I remember um, two guys just sitting in their backyard watching it all unfold and just being like, this isn't a movie. Is this like life? Hmm. And um, yeah, it's just a really blurry day and kind of a blurry time. Yeah. So was there a moment that somebody, an officer or somebody kind of told you like she's she's gone? I don't or it was kind of something everyone just knew. I think we just all knew. I don't I don't remember that moment <clears throat> exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the um ambulance showed up and probably checked to make sure. But yeah, I don't remember like specifically right. that happening. And how old were you at this point? So I was, um, I think just turned 19. I had just started college. I think it was, it was um, the like third week of October. So I'd been in, I'd only been going to college for like maybe a month and a half, um, which really like compounded the time, like made it that much harder because mm -hmm. I hated college. So what happens in the next few days? Um, so what's funny is that night I remember going over to, he was my boyfriend at the time. He's my husband now. Um, but I just remember watching, like laying on his bed and watching Monsters, Inc. and just being left alone. And I don't know why, but still that movie just makes me so happy. <laughs> like it was just like, I don't know why it was just like such a comfort just to like give my mind a break for a minute and kind of slowly let it all sink in. Um, and then a couple days later, I don't know how this all unfolded or how many days. I think it was even maybe the next day I was invited to a breakfast um, that our previous youth group was having. And there was this girl there <clears throat> who, again, I, this is just like a weird circle. I don't remember how this all unfolded, how I ended up there. But um, she was actually one of the girls who had been in the library um, at Columbine. And one of her best friends had been killed in the Columbine tragedy. 
And I was invited to this breakfast just to sit next to her and talk to her. And I remember just kind of, you know, telling everybody what had happened. And I remember her sitting next to me and just looking at me. And, like, she had her hand on my back the whole time and was just listening. And I just, like, that is, like, really seared in my memory. She was just such a comfort. And, again, I don't remember anything she said. um, But... I do, um, her stepmom ended up being my therapist later. So, um, I guess her mom, her stepmom had helped her with the Columbine, um, tragedy. And then I feel like I started going to therapy like pretty immediately after that and seeing her stepmom. Um, and that was another really like interesting process, but it's just cool how like God puts all those things. Like, again, I don't know how I ended up at this breakfast with her. Mm. It's all kind of like weird remembering all the circumstances that led to that but I just remember that being such a like defining moment um kind of like working through trauma a little bit what was one of the like hardest things of those I mean weeks following that you maybe wouldn't you didn't not that you saw any of this coming but where you were like whoa I wasn't expecting this to feel hard or because I would think you're kind of in shock for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And How did that show up? That probably like is what sticks out to me the most is just kind of like being in shock. And um, I don't I just remember I would like kind of break down at like random times, especially um, like driving at night or like seeing like flashing lights was really I just remember like pulling over quite a few times right afterwards and seeing flashing lights and just like hyperventilating a little bit. Um, I think it was really helpful to go to therapy like so quickly afterwards. I ended up um, doing EMDR treatments pretty quickly, um, which I found to be really helpful. But also like I still sometimes think that, I mean, I don't know how EMDR works, but I feel like part of the emotion that got tied to that event got cut off a little bit. I don't know. And maybe Mm. that's just part of like the brain processing at it. Um, but yeah, I I just remember going back and kind of like having some meltdowns. (laughs) I remember Shiley and I went to a, um, movie not too long afterwards and it was a Quentin Tarantino and there was this like car wreck that they kept showing over and over and over. And it was just like on repeat and it was like in the first like few minutes of the movie, I was like, okay, we have to like, (laughs) I ran out like, and I couldn't breathe. I was like, okay, we can't do this. And still to this day, I really don't like people following me like if somebody's mm. like, oh, that's all right. I'll just follow you there. Like, you lead the way. Like, uh, let's not. Mm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's kind of how it's shown up. Um, yeah, and probably just I think I have maybe some issues in, like, attachment. Like, getting really, really close to people and allowing, like, having, like, emotional, like, tight emotional connections with people. I try to um, hold things loose more loosely than I used to. Mm. Yeah, being being 19, and if you're comfortable, I, I'm i curious in, like, in something you said where you go, I have these thoughts that kind of ambush you or almost, like, terrorize you a little mm-hmm. bit of, like, if I had ran to her car sooner. Or yeah. Did you wrestle or have to fight off any of those? Like, they're irrational, of course. But I also think trauma does that. Yeah. It, it makes us 
think in ways we usually wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And so did you have to fight off any of those like, you know, the fact that you were there and you watched it and like if I had, you know, gone to her car or yeah. she was following me, that piece that you even now say, like, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. Did that kind of like pick at you at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really wrestled with, I mean, she was an amazing person and then um, I really wrestled with like she was such a better person than I am. Like why um, our places weren't switched. She was really like light up a room, really, really an incredible girl. Um, so I did really wrestle with why her and not me. Like I would have traded places with her in a heartbeat and having to be the one to call her parents and be like, this happened. And like if she hadn't come and spend the night, maybe if I had paid attention a little bit more when I was like turning, I don't remember seeing that semi, but like maybe if I had made sure that like there was time for both of us to get across the highway, um, I remember really like after that point, really taking on the city too. Um, unfortunately, there's a light there now, um, but like, why wasn't there a light there? <laughs> so um, yeah, I did really wrestle with like why why we weren't switched or you know what like tiny little thing change could I have made like if we had left like two minutes earlier or yeah the the why is always hard and I remember really really wrestling with that and um it was I don't remember how much later but there was this guy that had come to speak at our church and he had survived a plane crash in the 80s had been one of the few people that had survived and he made this really amazing point that he said if you know Jesus came down and sat next to you and explained to you the why if there even is a why it wouldn't feel any better it wouldn't make it go away it, like knowing why just wouldn't change anything and so I do remember really wrestling that with that and I always had this like really vivid picture of like wrestling it with God and I'm just like this like four-year-old that's like pounding on his leg like why I'm so angry like of all the things of all the people <laughs> um and I just remember I I just always felt like God's response was just really gentle. And I just always kind of felt like too, like he was just quiet on it a little bit too. Like the why, like you don't need to know. And it, you know, and maybe there isn't, I don't know, but mm. I just remember that. Those thoughts of like, could it have been me or I'm, I'm the, you know, she was a better person than me. Like, were you able to say that those things out loud to anyone or was that something you really like kept? I mean, I do remember um, having those conversations, I think with Shiley and in therapy and stuff like that. And one thing that sticks out to me the most about just that whole period of time was um, during my EMDR treatments, you know, you close your eyes and you've got these like things buzzing in your hands. And she, I remember her asking me, you know, they ask you the like hardest questions while you're doing the process. And she had asked me to like go back to the scene and stuff. And I just remember, and this was like just an absolute gift from God. Um, I got this really vivid picture of um, Jesus being at the scene with us. And he's 
Alicia has passed away and he's got her on his, and I remember even like what sides, I remember like what corner we were standing on and he's got her on his left side and he's got his left arm around her and he's got his right arm around me. And when he turns to his left side, they're like singing and dancing and like, yay, I'm so glad we're together. And, um, and then when he turns to me, he's just sobbing and holding me. And, um, it was just like such a comfort, um, to know that he was there. And I feel like after, like I said, it was just such a vivid, like picture in my mind, um, and that's kind of like always been that umbrella that has covered that whole event. It's just that he was there. Um, I don't need the why. Um, but he was rejoicing with her. And <laughs> I mean, if you knew her, her like, <laughs> she had like the biggest smile on the planet. And um, they were just having the best time. And I just remember thinking like, gosh, in her like 17, 18 years here, she brought like, more like joy and love um, to this planet than I'll probably bring in a solid hundred. <laughs> um, so I just remember, um, yeah, I was so, so grateful just for that like really vivid picture. And I even remember, um, I'd have to go back and look up what verse it was, but it was talking about grief and it says that he like holds us in his right hand. And I just remember, like I said, I can't even remember in the like picture in my mind that I was on his right side and he was holding me. Um, I know, like, I remember my last words to her were like, we'll see you there. <laughs> Little did I know, <laughs> like, that would be obviously in heaven and not at church. This piece about your faith being, I mean, it's, it's really woven through the whole story. You are on your way to church. Yeah. And it's so curious to me that this this being this tragedy that happened as you're, you know, pursuing <laughs> going to church. <laughs> and and even through, you know, your therapy and and the way you're talking now was that confusing to people that you know, you you talk about that image of like, you know, pounding on God's like you were clearly <laughs> angry yeah. in moments of God, but you, from what I am hearing you say, you also don't totally walk away from him or blame him. And was that confusing as you talked about this and processed it and talk about what was comforting to you? Yeah. Did that just seem crazy to people? So, What's interesting is um, I had just started, like I said, college, and I hate, I was hating it. I was I'd always been used to like a really small like school environment. Like I went to a tiny private school um, for elementary. I went to a tiny private school for high school, and I was like really comfortable there. And so college was a big step outside my comfort zone, and I was hating it even before this happened. And I remember dragging myself there like a week later, and telling like a few random people it. And this kid turns to me who's sitting in front of me and his only response is, well, that's what you get for going to church. And I just remember sitting there being like dumbfounded, like all the horrible things I wanted to spew back. <laughs> and I just like, God put his hand over my mouth. Cause I was just like, I just sat there and turned away. And I feel like that interaction just really like 
clouded my whole college thing. Like, it's just like college was just a hateful, dark place. So like I just got through it and was like happy to leave it behind. Um, so it definitely seemed crazy to that kid. Um, I don't, I know like in telling that story kind of in years past, people think it's a little bit <laughs> crazy, just like it's such a vivid picture of Jesus. And so I like, it was more just like kind of wrestling with God over it. Like, why, why, why? And like, where do we go from here? Um, and I just know like how hard it's been for others too, that it's touched. Um, but that picture of Jesus holding me is just like, I guess, kind of blown away any doubts that I've ever had of God. Um, and again, just kind of wrestling through that why. I think that why is always the hardest thing to get past. It's like, I know that you're there. I know that you say you're good. Sometimes that good doesn't feel so good. <laughs> Sometimes that like, again, um, it's just we have to trust that he's bigger. And so these hard things may not ever make sense. And so I think if there's a God and he's God of the universe, we have to also trust that if he knows more than we do and is bigger than we are, that these things that may not feel so good to us, he's in got a hold of. Was there support or lack thereof <laughs> that you found really helpful in this time from the people around you? Um, I felt actually like really, really supported because I think we had gone to such a small school. I just felt like really surrounded and, um, um, my boyfriend at the time, Shiley, my husband now <laughs> has always really, um, been awesome and like super understanding and would just like, was, I think what's most helpful in grief is just being there I remember people trying to say things and it was kind of in one ear out the other. It's like, you just don't need to say anything like time doesn't heal all wounds. And, um, you know, telling me where God's at and all this, like, none of, <laughs> like there's really nothing anybody says that's super helpful. I remember people just saying a lot of unhelpful things. Um, but I like what really sticks out to me is just that breakfast and sitting next mm -hmm. to, um, I think her name's Crystal. I've actually like just reconnected with her in like the past couple months. I sent her, oh, wow. I found her on Instagram and I was like, hey, like I, this is a really bizarre moment, but I just wanted to let you know, like this was so long ago and I just wanted to let you know how helpful just your presence was. Mm -hmm. And she responded, she's like, oh my gosh, I absolutely remember you. And she like gives talks now after like high school shootings and stuff. It's really oh, cool. Wow. But anyway, circling back. Um, but yeah, I just like her presence was, I remember just being like so impactful just to like, looking at someone, her hand on my back and just understanding and nodding and just being present. And the same thing, um, with, you know, my boyfriend at the time, Shiley, um, just being present, understanding, not trying to say anything to fix it. Cause there's nothing that you say that fixes anything like that. So. I'm curious a little bit about doing EMDR afterwards we've talked about that a few times uh here that specific kind of therapy and how um just really powerful it can be mm -hmm. and um i mean it was so, so many years ago i i hadn't heard of it even 10 years ago let alone when this happened did had you ever heard of that or I did someone i had 
never heard of it. And I like when she was talking to me about it, I was like, okay, this sounds like total junk science, but okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm game. Um, yeah, where you kind of just like at I'll this point, anything. I'll try. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just like let's just do whatever. Like it was. I think it was so helpful to like jump into therapy just right away. And I had an awesome therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the EMDR I'd never heard of it, and I was like, okay, like this little thing buzzes in my hand and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it. I mean, I guess I can't. Like I haven't had a traumatic experience without EMDR and what. So it's hard right. to say. Like what the difference was. Um, but I think it definitely, it definitely helped with just processing the trauma of even just the like visuals and like, I can talk about it now I can get through it. Um, I think one thing that's hard, like I mentioned, and I don't know if this is an actual thing or not, if it's just me. Um, but I just feel like it, while it did really help me process it, it also felt like it just removes so much emotion from it. Like, Hmm. I don't know, like some part of me, just wonder if it like I processed it too much, <laughs> um, because yeah, like being able to talk about it without crying. I guess I always felt kind of guilty about like mm-hmm. being able to get through the story and be able um, to share it and um, yeah. But I, I thought it was really helpful mm-hmm. in the end too. That's so interesting. I think in. Actually, what you're talking about, I think a lot of guests have in one way or another said that there's almost this um, like expectation of what you're supposed to feel mm-hmm. around anything, whether that's grief or, yeah. you know, loss or celebration or th- th- all these different things. It's interesting that even like you talk about that, that like even yourself, like I expected to maybe feel a certain way or feel more of a certain thing. Yeah. And I would imagine to maybe even as you were processing, like from the outside, others also expected certain things from you Mm -hmm. that maybe as you were saying, like all of this therapy helped me process this in a way where I could speak about it without emotion. And that I'm guessing was probably confusing for some. Yeah. Expecting this really like, I don't know. Yeah. Over emotional Hmm. maybe. Well, and part of the way it's really stuck out, too, is, like, I'm terrible with remembering days, like, birthdays, any, like, special day. Um, But it's been so many years. But I always notice that, like, I just always feel this, like, heaviness around that time. But I I couldn't tell you right now exactly what day it happens. But my friend Carmelita always sends me a text. It's really sweet, like, thinking about you today. Mm -hmm. And it's usually not until I get that text being like, okay, that's why my body is just feeling, like, I don't know. It just mm. like I feel that day more than I like remember that day. It's like I can just oh, it, like my temper is shorter on that. Like I just it's every year it happens and I don't realize it until I get Carmelita's really sweet text. Um, but yeah, it is interesting what our minds kind of move past, but our bodies just seem to remember. We've kind of talked about, you know, right after and what that was like. What was it like a few years out, right? Like where you're, this thing happened, you've done really hard work to like process some of it. Did you have moments after there had been a little bit of time where you were like, whoa, this thing is still 
with me and shows up in an unusual way. Did you have yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Like it, um, it like would kind of catch me by surprise. Sometimes it would just be like freaking out about like police lights or something mm-hmm. still just kind of all of that coming back. And then part of it too was just kind of um, like learning kind of again, like how to really like connect with friends and like allow, like be close to somebody. And like, even today, like saying goodbye is just weird. Like I would rather just disappear from a party. <laughs> like we're in a group of people. I just kind of sneak out the door. I really, um, and I'm sure it goes back to this. I just really don't like saying goodbye. Mm. Um, yeah. And like I said, just always feeling kind of this like disconnection a little bit. And I don't know if it's part of my heritage too. I'm like <laughs> Dutch and Finnish. And so we're very like stoic. And so I feel like some days I just like um, just hold things a little looser and don't feel like, just feel like sometimes there's emotions there that don't like should happen, but don't I just feel kind of like, yeah. Right. I even think about, you know, you were driving from your parents' house. Mm-hmm. When this happened, it's not like you're never going to visit that road again. I or live have, on that road now. Right? <laughs> so, like, even just driving now, even yeah. now, past that light every day. Yeah. And, and then, do you have little things that even, maybe not in a, like, in a hard way, but even in a, just like a tender way that makes you just even remember her, not even necessarily the accident, yeah. but like, are there little things that pop up that make you remember her and yeah. think of her? So at that intersection for a long time, they did have a, like a, in memorial sign. Um, I mean, there's so many things. Um, we used to like dress up and take like goofy pictures and stuff like that. She was really into like fairies and the Renaissance fair. And um, I remember even one night, like spending the night and like we got a box of like Ghirardelli chocolates and we watched Chocolats. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Such nerds. Um, yeah. I think about her all the time. I don't know if there's anything in particular that like sparks those memories. I do. I always like to think like, um, you know, if, if she were here today, like what would our relationship look like? And, um, would we still be friends? I'd hope so. It, mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what I think about more is, you know, what what would have been just kind of missing her in, in that way. Because I have stayed in contact with so many of our friends from high school. Um, it would have been, you know, cool to go to her wedding and mm-hmm. meet her babies and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if there's anything in like that sticks out in, like in particular, but lots of memories mm-hmm. pop up. Her smile is definitely what sticks out the most. And my mom has a story about her. My mom used to work at a bank and Alicia banked at that bank. And there was one day where she came in and was like, you know, always just like up and chatty and stuff. And so her and my mom were talking and then Alicia leaves and she comes back in and she's waving a 20. She's like, Sue, you gave me too much money. (laughs) And my mom was just always like so touched by that. She's like, what like 16 year old returns a 20 like it's yeah. an extra 20 it's a freebie but, yeah yeah she was just really neat and so like all those stories just kind of pop back into my head mm-hmm. 
So you talk about Shiley being around (laughs) for this experience. Um, I would love to talk a little bit about your story with him and just, I love, I love it. So when did, when did you guys meet and when were you like, Oh, I mean, he's cute immediately. Um, (laughs) We met, he started coming to our school, I think, freshman year of high school. And again, it was a real small school. So he was, of course, like the new cute boy at school. And it was kind of funny because in our youth group, his mom did our newsletter. And um, she asked me if I would take over the newsletter. And when she's like, could you come over? And like, we could work on it this week. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try will be there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I mean, I just always thought he was cute. And it's kind of funny to think back because I guess his mom had picked me out for him too early on. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I she's want like, you to marry Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we were just kind of in the same class. Of course, I didn't talk to him because, you know, boy, and that's weird. Um, but our youth group had gone on a missions trip to, I think Las Vegas was the one, which I mean, where all romance starts in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But anyway, on the way back, um, we had stopped at a rest stop near Moab. And um, on the way back to get in the van to head back to Colorado, he asked me if I would be his girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. Pretty big stuff. Um, And I had to call my parents to get permission first, of course. (laughs) Love it. So I was fortunate to get my dad on the phone. And my dad's like, yeah, sure. That's fine. You can call with him. And then I found out later, my mom was like, no, we had this rule, like no dating until you're 16. But anyway, it was like too late. Dad, you already said yes. So, I mean, that's kind of where it all started. And then we were boyfriend and girlfriend. I got his number. He got my number. <laughs> <laughs> and it all started there. <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, you guys dated all through, basically, through the rest of high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, you you went through this pretty traumatic experience together. Do you feel that kind of deepened and kind of bonded you, too, in a way? Yeah. Yeah, that he was there. Yeah, we've just been through everything. Um, He's just such a, like, steady, patient presence. Like, he's... Always, like just always shyly <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. always been the same and yeah it really did um and I mean everything we've been through together is just I don't know it was like he was my first boyfriend and everything and since the beginning it just like fit like I never mm-hmm. saw it not working it's just like well okay this is just our life now and it's funny our science teacher used to joke because He's like, you guys are like an atom. He's like, Rachel's the nucleus and Shiley's just always buzzing, an electron buzzing around. Because <laughs> we were always probably within a few feet of each other. It was just. But it's so funny. Yeah. So then you got married. We got married. Yeah. At what Love point it. did you guys get married? So um, his original plan was to propose at his last high school basketball game, which, you know, being in high school, like, could there be anything more romantic? <laughs> Um, fortunately we waited just a little bit longer. Um, but we got engaged at the ripe old age of, I think he was 20. I was 21. He, um, took me to the Buckhorn Exchange and we got a bottle of champagne. So he must've been 21. (laughs) Um, 
And then it took me uh, for a horse and carriage ride down on Larimer. And so when we were under the lights on Larimer, I don't even remember what he said. He was so nervous. And he like fumbled and like gave me the ring. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so then we got married a year later. Um, we're such nerds. Like I can't, again, I can't remember dates to save my life. So we started going out on March 18th. He asked me to marry him on March 18th. And then we got married on March 18th. So like, I can remember that day. <laughs> Don't ask me the years, <laughs> but the day is there. So yeah, at 22, we got married and just, yeah, went from there and kids and stuff. And I still look at him sometimes. I'm like, there was just like a moment last week. I was just staring at him and he was playing with the kids. I'm like, who let these 15 year olds have kids? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Just has like gone by and like such a blink and like to me we're still like super young. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Are there hard parts of marriage that show up because you guys have kind of like, I mean, literally grown up together? I don't. We're probably pretty codependent at this point. Like we can be away from each other, but like if anything ever happened. Uh, I don't know. We're we're like one person. So there's like yeah. <laughs> the thought of like him not ever being there. And there's probably some things that like we're just kind of like have gotten stuck in our ways a little bit. Um yeah, I don't know if there's anything that like sticks out in particular because we've been together for so long. Right. Well, yeah, this way you've done more of your life together than <laughs> yeah. without each other. So that makes sense. To be yeah. Like, Yep. This is who we are. Like, we really are yeah. so intertwined. Yeah. There, I mean, there's probably not a lot that, like, we probably don't spend a lot of time, like, learning new things about each other, maybe. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. it. We're pretty predictable. Like, I know it all. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty predictable with each other at this point, like, having long, drawn-out conversations about, you know, things we don't know about each other don't happen <laughs> a lot, but. um, What was becoming parents like for you guys um yeah i think that was an that was one thing because we had been together for so long that was um quite the adjustment it's like because we did a lot of traveling and stuff like that and like really lived it up when it was just us and then losing all of that was definitely a big adjustment but um there's just something that changes when you have kids together i don't know it's like that's all because like we got married and met at 15 <laughs> mm -hmm. now we have these like really cute little kids um and i think that's where you do a lot of like learning new things about each other is like all of a sudden we have this like life that we've brought into this world and then like any differences that you have get like completely magnified because now you're parenting and passing on like good traits and bad traits onto like these little tiny people um so I think that's one of those scenes where like your marriage like shifts, like every time something major happens, it shifts. And then we had our first and um, I didn't find the like transition into motherhood to be like the most seamless thing. Like I didn't, I, um, our first was tough. And so I just always felt guilty because I didn't feel like that bond happened immediately. She is still to this day, very much a daddy's girl. And she was real colicky. And I just found um, the transition into motherhood to be really tougher than I expected. I didn't like feel those like super motherly feelings. And 
Um, it was just really a struggle. I always tell people when you have kids, the like Richter scale of your life changes instead of being like from a one to a five, it's like a negative 20 to a positive 20. It's just like all over the map. So like the dark moments get a million times darker and the wonderful things are just like, oh my gosh, like send me to the moon. These are amazing. Mm -hmm. Previously, you had kind of talked about holding things loosely now because of this trauma you went through. Does that show up in your parenting at all when you when you think about like family or is that kind of something you only feel in in friendships? Probably family too. Um Yeah, cuz I mean like even when like things happen so like we've had like three broken bones in the past year and a half. I just like when emergencies happen like I want to freak out, but my in like I just like <laughs> I don't know. There's just like something that like doesn't stir up. Like even when my kids were born, you know, I wasn't like a sobbing mess. Like I didn't cry when my kids were born. I didn't cry when I get married. And like those are things that like I feel like I should have and like try to like muster it. But I like there's just certain things that like kind of feel shut down. So like when you know bad things happen in a family or whatever, it's like okay, all right, let's handle this kind of. Um. So, yeah, I just kind of, like, feel like a little more, like, flatlined as a parent a little bit. And so, um, like, frustration I can feel. I cry when I'm frustrated <laughs> or angry. Um, but I wish that, like, I could be, like, sometimes I wish I'm, like, I didn't hug my kids today. Like, I should have hugged my kids today. So that more, like, that warmth and, like, that, I don't know, I wish I was more that way. And so I, th I think that that might be part of all of that. What is something or is there something about Alicia that you feel like you have wanted to like embrace? So as you think about like who you are now, you kind of go, I, I honor her in this way by, I don't know, trying to, embrace something about her that you feel like gets to kind of live on yeah. how you now look at life. Yeah. She just had such a lightness and a joy and um Yeah, you can't say that there wasn't a day that went by that she probably wasted. I mean, she lived a lot in her um you know, time on this earth and embraced people so much. <laughs> um I think embracing just people. I just like, that's one of my big prayers. It's just Lord help me to like love people. <laughs> like, like Alicia loved people and you know, like we're called to love people. Um, and you know, every day is an attempt to do a little bit better at that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Juniper and Journey podcast. If you heard something that resonated with you or that you have questions about, we would love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram at Juniper and Journey and slide into our DMs. It would be our treat and total privilege to chat with you. We all have a story. If you'd be interested in sharing yours here on the podcast, please reach out. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers.